Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here with the reason for our success, Mr. Tom Dorian. <laughs> Aren't you the reason for our I'm success, Tom? I'm completely speechless after that. You know, we have some special visitors. That's a first. I'll we have, have some special know. visitors in our, uh, in our cafe tonight. We do. We have uh, two of your children. Aren't they great? So I need to treat you well. Treat me well. That's exactly right. I always treat you well. No Dorians today. Yeah, no get, sandwiches today. You always get a, a hefty discount on our food menu. Excellent. Very good. So that explains the tonnage. Tom, we have a we have a really cool show today. I know planned. we do. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is something I've never done before. We are going to dip back into the coffers, into the wow. vaults. Wow. And we're going to actually pull out some highlights from some previous shows we've done. How cool is that? Because we really want to show people what a large body of work we have. It is a large body of work. It's a large body of work. I'm not just talking about, uh, again, our our eating habits here. I'm talking about uh, we've amassed many shows about the uh, teaching, about the doctrine of the Catholic Church, and we think it's really important that people experience these shows. So what we've done is we've put them all on our website. These are the highlights. These are highlights. We're trying to point people to our website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And if they click on the Listen tab on the website, you'll be able to access all the shows that we're going to highlight today. Some of the shows that we like. Yeah, so we just thought we'd go back and pick some of our favorites. Yeah. And uh, cool where are we going to start? You know, you got to start. We, we talked about food. We talked yeah. about getting big. we got to start with our <laughs> chef, the Catholic, the Catholic Cafe chef. The head chef at the Catholic Cafe is Father yeah. Ben Bradshaw. Yeah. He's done several really cool shows with us. He has. And I thought I would just pull one from way back. It was actually the second show we ever and, recorded. And it's a perfect topic as That's well. That's exactly right. It's more eating. Yeah. But it's called <laughs> The Real Presence in John 6. Exactly. So let's hear a clip from that. The, the Real Presence, when we talk about the Real Presence of Christ, we are saying that Jesus Christ is 100% present, body, blood, soul, and divinity within the Blessed Sacrament. And so it's not that this is part Jesus Christ and part bread. This is 100% Jesus Christ present. And we know this specifically. uh, People say, well, where do you get this? How can you possibly make this claim? For those of us that have grown up Catholic, most Catholics will will affirm that we have to rediscover a Eucharistic sense of presence, you know, that we need to rediscover the fact that this is Jesus Christ. And people say, well, where do you get this in Scripture? And constantly our Lord is referring to this as many Eucharistic references, but specifically John chapter 6, our Lord says more than five times, I believe, in this one passage. My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. Unless you eat the flesh of, of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life within you. And so many of the disciples, it says, they turned and walked away, and they said, how can we possibly believe this? Where, do, where does he get this? How can we possibly believe this? And he doesn't stop them. He lets them go, and he says, and he turns to Peter, and he says, do you also want to leave? And we can imagine it's kind of an awkward moment for the disciples, you know, and everybody turns to Peter and says, well, what are, we, what are we going to do, you know? And Peter says, Lord, to whom do we turn? You know, you have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe that you're the Christ. 
You know, Father Ben is such a smart guy. He is. Uh, you know, he did another great show with us called The Reformation. I remember it well. There was some good stuff in there, so let's hear a clip from that. The Reformation happened because we needed reform. Uh, the, the church, in, in many ways, needed reform. Uh, at the time, Martin Luther, 16th century, Martin Luther, John Calvin, Ulrich Zwingli, uh, we had others. We had, uh, even before them, uh, John Huss, and uh, we had John Wesley, even before the time of Calvin and before the time of Martin Luther, um, that, that uh, in some ways attacked the church for what they thought was wrong with the church. But about the time that John Calvin and Martin Luther came along, the church did need reform. And it was never their intention, actually, to leave and start a church. You know, we now, if we look at the modern world, we have about 33,000 varieties of Christianity in the world. 33,000. And it's long stretch from what our Lord said in John's Gospel, Lord, I pray that they may be one. Ut unum sent in Latin. I pray that they may be one. And so we've come a long way, but we needed, we needed reform. You know, Deacon Jeff, Father Ben is cool, but, but one of the shows that, that I enjoyed is when we went international. Oh, with, yeah, international. Uh, Father Blunt. Yeah, Father Jim Blunt. Yeah. Uh, he's a, uh, a salt priest, and he uh, did a great show on the rosary. On, he was on fire for That's it. Right. We had some. We had some actually. Some folks email us in and talk about the fact that they, not even being Catholic, had decided they wanted to start praying the Rosary after hearing that particular what, show. What what feedback? Let's hear some from uh, Father Blunt. The Rosary is a, a set of beads. It's a prayer chain, but it's actually a nuclear weapon. It's a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rosary in the hands of any good Catholic man or woman, priest, religious, laity, teenager, child can work miracles and does work miracles. You see, Jesus worked his first miracle through his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's in the Gospel of St. John, the wedding feast at Cana. And from that day to this, he delights in working miracles through his mother. So the rosary is a way to go to our Lord Jesus through the intercession of his mother, which is the biblical imperative. It's the scriptural model. Let's go to our Lord through his holy mother, and he will work for us whatever she asks of him. That was one of my favorite shows, and Father Jim Blunt can be heard on the www.thecatholiccafe.com website. Click on the Listen tab, and you can hear that particular show called The Rosary. Or if you're in Belize, you yeah. can pick them up down there. Actually, we have some listeners in Belize now. Yeah, oh, yes, that's, we right. Have, you're right. We, that's right. We've gotten emails from folks in Belize you're who right. have started listening. You're right, I beg your pardon. Yes, we're an international show well, now. Well, hey, you know, what are you going to say? Now, you know, the other thing we do really well here is controversy. We do that well. We love controversy. And one of the topics that we tried to tackle was contraception. And we had an excellent guest. Sister Francine. Sister Francine. She was great. and uh, She is great. That's right. And Sister Francine's from the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia's, and she's the, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Right. And she came to visit us in the cafe, and she had a great show. we, we got to have her back on. I think we will. We're going to try to do the topic of abortion. That's Excellent. Next. Excellent. Anyway, so here's a little bit from Sister Francine. Well, if you just look at the divorce rate, um, in the 1960s it was 25%. 1975 it was 50%. That is, you know, a doubling in about 15 years. Um, Contraceptive has really contributed to the divorce rate. Um, people uh, use, uh, are starting to have uh, fewer children, and they're having them later on in, in their marriages. Uh, and the data shows that people who have babies sooner in marriage have longer-lasting marriages. 
um, and people who have children also become instantaneously almost nicer people because of all the sacrifices they have to make. I always, you know, tell my students it's it's a wonderful way to be holy. Marriage is a great maker of saints. Um, with contraception, you've had uh, a lot more adultery because um, there's the lack of fear of being pregnant. And women have become more financially independent, so they don't have to, you know, think twice. Well, you know, I can just walk away from this. I can handle it myself. And if you look in our high schools and college, there's a big problem with um, people being sexually active um, before marriage. Now, that definitely was a great show. It was. And you can, again, hear that on www.thecatholiccafe.com. Go to the Listen tab. It's a wonderful website. Another great show we had was Monsignor Victor Shamataro. That was a good show. We like having our Monsignors in here. you got to have Monsignors. And we did a great show on Scripture and tradition. And the Catholic understanding of Scripture and tradition is very important. Absolutely. Uh, especially when you're talking about from the Protestant perspective uh, of uh, sola scriptura. Correct. We discussed that issue and the Catholic the Catholic view on that. So uh, that's a great show. Let's hear a little bit of that. Let's. Well, Jesus taught the apostles, and he taught them many things, but he never wrote a book. And the apostles, some of them wrote books. Paul was not one of the 12, but he wrote most of the New Testament. And he did that from what he heard from others who taught him. The the one thing that we really need to uh, understand is where did the Bible come from? You know, Bible came from that tradition. It was people who were the leaders in the church who decided what books we call sacred scripture. But there were other things that were being done by the church in the beginning that weren't part of scripture. They were celebrating the Lord's Supper. They had prayers. They were meeting there were rules and things that were going on, you know, how to conduct the church. Those things were, were being uh, decided by the apostles, and a lot of those things weren't put in the scriptures. One of the things that I always like to look at is the fact that the Lord's Day, Sunday, why do we worship on Sunday? The scripture says to worship on the Sabbath. But Christians worship today, for the most part, on the day of the Lord, what we call Sunday. It's alluded to one time that Paul was preaching on the first day of the week, but it never says in the scriptures that Christians are supposed to be worshiping on Sunday. That's something that most Christians do. That is a sacred tradition. You know, another great show we had, speaking of Monsignors. Yeah, let's keep in the Monsignor. Was Monsignor John MacArthur. Monsignor John MacArthur's show was fantastic. He's the man. Yeah, we did one on uh, Faith and Works, I believe. I remember. So if you want to hear that show, you look up Faith and Works on that wonderful long list of all the different show topics we've done. Yep. Click on that puppy and you'll hear a great show on Faith and Works. Click on that puppy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's tons of scripture that you would tell us that we're saved by faith. And we believe that. We accept the Bible, of course, as the inerrant word of God. And we treasure that. But there's also tons and tons of scripture passages that also tells us it's the works that we do. A great example is 1 Corinthians. We talk about faith, the power of faith. We hear this uh, at weddings so often. If I have faith enough to move mountains, if I have that power, that's great, powerful faith. But if I don't have love, I am nothing. And it calls us to the sense the greatest of these is love. So that's, that's living out something. That's acts. That's works. And I think one passage that today, just kind of thinking about coming here to the cafe, what uh, we might be talking about, but the, it's, it ties into eternal life. That's what faith is for, to be saved. And the, the rich man came to Jesus and said, What do I have to do, good Lord, to uh, 
be saved. He said, you call me Lord, what are the commandments? What do you believe? He listed the commandments, and he said, okay, I've kept those. He said, you must do one more thing to be saved. That's to, to get rid of that wealth. And he couldn't do that, that, and that excluded salvation for that man in the sense he went away unhappy. So it's, he believed the things that were necessary, but to take that step to do what was really necessary that God called him to do, he couldn't do. You know, Tom, if we're going to do a highlight show, you know, know, we we got to inclu- we got to include our bishop. <laughs> we do, Bishop J. Terry Stye. We, we could probably be shot if we didn't. That's right. That's right. <laughs> bishop J. Terry Stye, Bishop of Memphis and Tennessee. Uh, he he's done several shows with us. He has. He loves the program and uh, supports it very much. We're very happy for that. Yes, we are. Uh, he's given us ecclesial permission to to do this program, so we're excited for that. That's kind of important. Yeah, it's exactly right. We want to make sure we do everything. We want to cross those T's and dot those I's. Exactly. He did a great show on apostolic succession and the Catholic understanding of apostolic succession. So let's hear a piece from that. Okay. Well, it's important to the Catholic faith because that's one of the very cornerstones of the church. The church is apostolic because it is founded on the apostles. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. The apostles are the foundations of that stone. And it was the apostles because of their witnessing of of the resurrection, because of their walking with Jesus, praying with Jesus, talking with Jesus, and because he said, I will be with you always. And thank you, Bishop Stive. That was wonderful. That was a great clip. Um, and so we want to continue on with our highlight show. But before we do that, another great highlight of our show is that moment in the middle of the show when we get to hear my wife, Bess, talk about saints and other uh, great moments in church history. Probably the best part of the entire show. We've heard that on more than one occasion. She really, she really is. She's great. She's she great. Is. You know, and the price is right, too. She's, a, <laughs> she's very talented, and the price is right. So, yeah, so that works yeah. out great. So here's Bess with another great moment in church history. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Named for the Roman god of war, St. Martin of Tours, a saint and soldier of the 4th century, is a great witness to conversion and Christian charity. St. Martin was born in central France to pagan parents. At the age of 10, he went to his local church and declared himself a catechumen. Because his father was a senior Roman officer, he was required to join the Roman army at the age of 15. St. Martin was a good and dutiful soldier, but his faith began to be more important in his life. One winter day, Martin was on patrol with his fellow soldiers when he met a poorly dressed beggar outside the city gates. Moved by the beggar's terrible condition, St. Martin removed his cloak and cut it in two. He kept half of the cloak for himself and gave the other half to the beggar. That night he had a vision in which Christ appeared as the beggar clothed in the half of Martin's cloak. Christ said in the dream, Here is Martin, the Roman soldier, who is not baptized. He has clad me. When St. Martin awoke, deeply moved by this experience, he immediately sought baptism. St. Martin served in the army for two more years until he was charged with confronting a Gaelic tribe in battle. He declared himself a soldier for Christ and said he could no longer shed blood for the Roman Empire. He was charged with cowardice and thrown into jail. 
Admitting that he was no coward, St. Martin volunteered to be placed at the head of the army unarmed. His superiors saw that he was serious in his new convictions and finally released him. St. Martin went on to become one of the greatest bishops the church has ever known. He vigorously defended the faith against the Arian heresy and cared for the sick and the poor of his diocese. Pope Benedict XVI encouraged us all to follow the example of St. Martin of Tours in a recent audience. Dear young people, consider the example of St. Martin, whose feast we celebrate today, as a model of generous evangelical witness. Beloved sick people, trust in the Lord that he will not abandon you in this time of difficulty. And you, beloved newlyweds, animated by the faith that distinguished St. Martin, always respect and serve life, which is a gift from God. There is a famous El Greco painting of St. Martin and the beggar in the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. St. Martin of Tours is beloved by the people of God. His feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on November 11th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. We're sitting in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. You know what, Tom? You still got your kids here. We never heard their names. We didn't hear their names. You know, and they really are behaving today. That's kind of nice. They're, They're doing a good it's job. It's William and Caroline. William and Caroline, welcome to great. the Catholic Cafe's great, luxurious corner booth. Great smiles, very quiet. That's good. Well, they're quiet because their stuff in their face is full of food. That's right. They get they got, donuts. They got powdered sugar all over their noses. And <laughs> That's okay. Faces. They're happy. They look like happy children. <laughs> they are You're happy. doing a good job. They have a good father. Well, let's continue on with our... <laughs> Let's continue on with our highlight show. Okay. Now we're going to go to another show uh, where uh, we had the community servant of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal come and visit us. Father Bernard Murphy. That's right, Father Bernard Murphy. He was a great guest. Well, he says it well. That's true. (laughs) So let's, let's let him talk a little bit. There you go. But we're also involved with evangelization because we believe that you don't merely want to do good things. We want to help people be good people. And so we bring them to a personal relationship with Jesus by evangelizing. Now, as Franciscans, we'll oftentimes say that for us, we want to preach with our lives. And sometimes we use words. And so more our preaching is on the basis of how we live our lives. That's why it's so important for us to live in the neighborhoods with the people because we identify with them. We say, listen, we understand that life is difficult and we're there with you. It really is a a ministry of presence and really seeking to live the gospel of love that says, uh, you know, I'm not just coming in and giving you something that you don't have. I have, you don't. But identifying with them, being present to them so that we can provide for their needs, but frankly, more importantly, draw them into a relationship with the Lord. That for us is, is essentially what we want to do. You know, confession is another topic that people ask questions about a lot. It's a heavy topic. That's right. So we did a show on confession. I remember it. That's right. We had Father Ernie de Blasio. Uh, he did a great job on handling the, uh, the topic of confession and the Catholic teaching uh, on that beautiful sacrament. So let's hear a little bit from Father Ernie de Blasio. Great. Certainly, you can go to Jesus, and uh, each time you ask for forgiveness, Jesus always forgives. You know, there's no question. Uh, but... 
because of the other side uh, of sin, uh, which is that we sin against the mystical body of Christ, the church, the priest is the representative. And so, I mean, for example, I, you know, could do it two ways. One is that I could go to each and every member of the church, you know, which is a billion Catholics right now, <laughs> you know, and ask for their forgiveness. Uh, or I could make it easier, you know, and go to the priest. Uh, and also, as Jesus appointed the uh, 12 apostles to forgive sins, he gave them authority to forgive sins. So the church has the authority to forgive. You know, Deacon Jeff, one of the most beautiful shows we had was with Father Timby, Father Father Brian Timby, on uh, redemptive suffering. You remember yeah, that one? I do. And that the concept of redemptive suffering is, is a difficult one for it a is. lot of folks. It is. And how the church teaches that actually suffering can be of great value. Right. And God uses that suffering in our lives uh, to better us. Yeah. And uh, this is a great show. And let's listen to a little bit of uh, redemptive suffering with okay. Father Brian Timby. Well, we, we talk about redemptive suffering because it was through suffering that we were redeemed. And when we join our own suffering to that of Christ on the cross, we share in his suffering and in the act of salvation. And so many people forget this. They want to run away from the pain. And we see that oftentimes depicted in corpusless crosses that are hung. You know, they, they want to remember the resurrection, but they want to forget what happened in order for the resurrection to happen. So many people don't see joy in suffering. And a true Christian will enter into every type of suffering joyfully because it brings it closer to the very act of salvation of Jesus. And there are people out there that put their whole health, you know, at the hands of, of Christ because they are suffering. I, I think of St. Teresa of Lisieux and her long suffering and how she accepted that joyfully because she couldn't do great things in this life. She accepted the pain of the suffering so that she could be united with Christ and share the benefits with those she was praying for. You know, Deacon Jeff, we've also had a couple of uh, big-titled guys on the show as well. We've got some important folks that have come around and we uh, do. graced us with their presence, haven't we? Absolutely. That's right. One of those was Father Tadeusz Paholczyk. You like to say that, don't you? I do like to say Tadeusz. That's it, I wonder if it's because your name is Drzymski. Yeah, it's something like that. It's a brotherhood thing. Well, he's the director of education at the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Very important, big, important place. Indeed. And we had him grace us with his presence at the Catholic Cafe. Good stuff. He sat there right in the chair next to you. Yep. Right? And he talked about Catholic bioethics. Well, if you look at the word itself, you can see in it biosciences and ethics. So it really is this overlap of value questions and where they intersect with science. So in other words, you know, what kind of science is morally acceptable? What kind of science is unacceptable? And how do you know where those lines fall? And the Catholic Church has been a very active participant in this entire arena uh, for many, many decades. And you might even say that the Church has been a bit ahead of the curve. You know, things like uh, cloning. The Church was already looking at the ethics of cloning way before Dolly the Sheep ever happened and already had a definitive position. We always look at good intentions. We look at good outcomes, good results. But we also have to, you know, scratch a little deeper and actually look at is the act itself that we're doing good? Or are we committing some, you know, serious uh, abuses, if you will, along the way here in terms of achieving the desired outcomes? So that's often what it is if you look at stem cells. Simple example. People want cures. Great thing. But does that mean you can do anything 
that comes to mind in order to achieve a cure. Clearly not. There are going to be lines if you suggest that we should go into all of our prisons where we have people incarcerated and start pulling hearts out of prisoners in order to get uh, organs that could be used for transplantation. Everybody sees that that is not an ethical proposal. That's a violation of the integrity of those people. So good ends and getting cures clearly cannot justify every means or modality of going after that. Deacon Jeff, between the two of us, we've had a chance to speak with nuns. We've had a chance to speak with priests, monsignors, bishops. We even had a chance to visit with a cardinal. We had Cardinal Justin Regali, Archbishop cool of Philadelphia. Uh, and he spoke on the topic of divine mercy. He did. And, you know, I asked him what he wanted to talk about, and he said divine mercy. And I said, no, I don't No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said we would be honored. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It was a great show. So here's a clip from that. The best thing about God is that he is merciful. And actually, mercy is an expression of his power because mercy is the forgiveness of sins. And it's a pretty serious offense to offend God. And only God can forgive that. So only God can create the mountains. Only God can form the earth. But only God can forgive something done to himself can forgive sins and so mercy is the supreme expression of god's power but it also it reveals who god is it reveals the the love and the kindness of god and if we want to know what is god like we look at jesus christ the son of god and what does jesus tell us about god he tells us that he is that he is loving that he is forgiving and and he says to us, come to me, all you who are burdened, and I will refresh you. Well, obviously, after hearing all those clips, how could you not want to go to www.thecatholiccafe.com and visit us and listen to the full shows? And send you a note. That's right. Send me an email at where? Deacon Jeff. At thecatholiccafe.com. That's right. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love you to visit our website. And uh, hopefully you'll, you'll see that the large number of guests we've had and uh, some great guests and some mm-hmm. great topics, and we've got many more to come. So stay tuned yeah. to, our, to our radio show. We appreciate you listening, mm-hmm. uh, and we uh, appreciate all the guests that have been with us, uh, and we hope to see you some more in the future. Absolutely. Now, no, Tom, we, 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 we do have to rate this show. You know, you, since we're talking about all the shows, it feels like we should add them all up, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what we ought to do. You know, on a scale of uh, 0 to 5,858? I'm guessing what? 5,858. 5, that's 100%. It is, isn't it? That's a lot of stars. We're good. <laughs> very good. We are good. Thank you very much. Well, you know what? In honor of our Blessed Mother, we should end this show with a Hail Mary. I agree. Very Catholic thing, right? Absolutely. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Dorian children. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association 
and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.